Welcome to the Daily Devotions Podcast from Confident Faith. I am Corey J. Mahler, a contributor here at Confident Faith, and I will be your reader today, this 10th day of Christmas, the 3rd of January, in the year of our Lord, 2024, in the time of Christmas. There are no feasts, festivals, or commemorations on the calendar today. Our readings for today are Psalm 108, Psalm 110, Isaiah chapter 63, verses 1 through 14, Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 40, and paragraphs 324 through 333 of part 1 of the Large Catechism. We will close, as always, with the Lord's Prayer. Today's first reading from the Psalter is the 108th Psalm. My heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make melody with all my being. Awake, O harp and lyre, I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great above the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. That your beloved ones may be delivered. Give salvation by your right hand and answer me. God has promised in his holiness. With exultation I will divide up Shechem and portion out the valley of Sukkoth. Gilead is mine, Manasseh is mine, Ephraim is my helmet, Judah my scepter, Moab is my washbasin, upon Edom I cast my shoe, over Philistia I shout in triumph. Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? Have you not rejected us, O God? You do not go out, O God, with our armies. O grant us help against the foe, for vain is the salvation of man. With God we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down our foes. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's second reading from the Psalter is the 110th Psalm. The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion, your mighty scepter, rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments. From the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the wide earth. He will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's Old Testament reading comes from the book of Isaiah, and we will be reading the 63rd chapter, verses 1 through 14. 
Who is this who comes from Edom, in crimson garments from Bozrah? He who is splendid in his apparel, marching in the greatness of his strength. It is I, speaking in righteousness, mighty to save. Why is your apparel red, and your garments like his who treads in the winepress? I have trodden the winepress alone, and from the peoples no one was with me. I trod them in my anger, and trampled them in my wrath. Their lifeblood spattered on my garments, and stained all my apparel. For the day of vengeance was in my heart, and my year of redemption had come. I looked, but there was no one to help. I was appalled, but there was no one to uphold. So my own arm brought me salvation, and my wrath upheld me. I trampled down the peoples in my anger. I made them drunk in my wrath, and I poured out their lifeblood on the earth. I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord, the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has granted us, and the great goodness to the house of Israel, that he has granted them according to his compassion, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he said, Surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely, and he became their Savior. In all their affliction he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Therefore he turned to be their enemy, and himself fought against them. Then he remembered the days of old, of Moses and his people. Where is he who brought them up out of the sea with the shepherds of his flock? Where is he who put in the midst of them his Holy Spirit, who caused his glorious arm? to go at the right hand of Moses, who divided the waters before them, to make for himself an everlasting name, who led them through the depths. Like a horse in the desert, they did not stumble. Like livestock that go down into the valley, the Spirit of the Lord gave them rest. So you led your people to make for yourself a glorious name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's New Testament reading comes from the book of Luke, and we will be reading the second chapter, verses 21 through 40. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Shimeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the nations and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. 
And Shimeon blessed them, and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She did not depart from the temple, worshipping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God, and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's reading from the Book of Concord comes from the Large Catechism, and we will be reading Part 1, paragraphs 324 through 333. This is exactly the meaning and true interpretation of the first and chief commandment, from which all the others must flow and proceed. So this word, you shall have no other gods before me, in its simplest meaning states nothing other than this demand, you shall fear, love, and trust in me as your only true God. For where there is a heart set in this way before God, that heart has fulfilled this commandment and all the other commandments. On the other hand, whoever fears and loves anything else in heaven and upon earth will keep neither this nor any of the commandments. So then, all the scriptures have everywhere preached and taught this commandment, aiming always at these two things, fear of God and trust in him. The prophet David especially does this throughout the Psalms, as when he says, The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. He writes as if the entire commandment were explained by one verse, as if to say, The Lord takes pleasure in those who have no other gods. So the first commandment is to shine and give its splendor to all the others. Therefore, you must let this declaration run through all the commandments. It is like a hoop in a wreath, joining the end to the beginning and holding them all together. Let it be continually repeated and not forgotten, as the second commandment says, so that we fear God and do not take his name in vain for cursing, lying, deceiving, and other ways of leading men astray or trickery but we make proper and good use of his name by calling upon him in prayer, praise, and thanksgiving, derived from love and trust according to the first commandment. In the same way such fear, love, and trust is to drive and force us not to despise his word, but gladly to learn it, hear it, value it wholly, and honor it. So this teaching continues through all the following commandments toward our neighbor. Everything is to flow from the first commandment's power. We honor father and mother, masters and all in authority, and are subject and obedient to them, not for their own sake, but for God's sake. You are not to regard or fear father or mother, nor should you do or skip anything because you love them. But note what God would have you do, what he will quite surely demand of you. If you skip that, you have an angry judge, but if you do the work, you have a gracious father. Again, do your neighbor no harm, injury, or violence, 
nor in any way oppress him with regard to his body, wife, property, honor, or rights. All these things are commanded in their order, even though you may have a chance and cause to do wrong, and no person would rebuke you. But do good to all men, help them and promote their interest, in every way and wherever you can, purely out of love for God and to please Him. Do this in the confidence that He will abundantly reward you for everything. Now you see how the first commandment is the chief source and fountainhead that flows into all the rest. Note again, all return to that first commandment and depend upon it. So beginning and end are fastened and bound to each other. This is always profitable and necessary to teach to the young people. Admonish them and remind them of it, so that they may be brought up not only with blows and compulsion, like cattle, but in the fear and reverence of God. Let this be considered and laid to heart that these things are not human games, but are the commandments of the Divine Majesty. He insists on them with great seriousness. He is angry with and punishes those who despise them. On the other hand, He abundantly rewards those who keep them. In this way, there will be a spontaneous drive and a desire gladly to do God's will. Therefore, it is not meaningless that it is commanded in the Old Testament that we should write the Ten Commandments on all walls and corners, yes, even on our garments. This is not for the sake of merely having them written in these places and making a show of them. The Jewish people did that. But it is so we might have our eyes constantly fixed on them. We should have them always in our memory. Then we might do them in all our actions and ways. Then everyone would make them his daily exercise in all cases, in every business and transaction, as though they were written in every place wherever he would look, indeed, wherever he walks or stands. Then there would be enough opportunity, both at home in our own house and abroad with our neighbors, to do the Ten Commandments, so that no one would need to run far to find them. From this it again appears how highly these Ten Commandments are to be exalted and extolled above all estates, commandments, and works that are taught and done apart from them. For here we can boast and say, Let all the wise people and saints step forth and produce, if they can, a single work like these commandments. God insists on these with such seriousness. He commands them with His greatest wrath and punishment. Besides, He adds such glorious promises to them that He will pour out upon us all good things and blessings. Therefore, they should be taught above all others and be valued precious and dear as the highest treasure given by God. This concludes our reading from the Book of Concord. I now invite all of you to join me in reciting the Lord's Prayer, one of the most ancient prayers of the Church. I do encourage you to say it aloud if you are somewhere it would be reasonable to do so, but praying it silently is, of course, also fine. The Lord knows what is in your heart. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
go in peace and grace to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in whatever calling has been given you or task set before you. Until tomorrow, God be with you.